You are listening to Studying, Living, Expanding Kingdom, a podcast of Fairview Church of the Nazarene. My name is Pastor Seth Thompson, and I am so glad that you are listening. Today on our podcast, we have Alice Strickland. She is a licensed marital and family therapist who has a private practice in Lebanon, Tennessee. Alice graduated from the University of Alabama, Birmingham with a master's in public health with an emphasis in maternal and child health. She worked on research projects ranging from health in the elderly, behavioral problems in children, and state health insurance for children, then ended with an internship with the CDC studying the economic effects of violence in our country. After completion of this degree, she enrolled and completed her master's in marriage and family therapy from Trevecca Nazarene University. Her career began at the Refuge Center for Counseling in Franklin, Tennessee, where she mostly worked with children and teens. Her emphasis was on developmental trauma and domestic violence. She later became the clinical director at Refuge. Over the years, Alice expanded the population she saw to working with women and men with PTSD, complex trauma, and complex disassociation. Through her experiences with clients, she developed a passion for working with trauma victims and became trained in EMDR therapy, where she later became certified and now serves as an EMDR consultant and trainer. Alice leads basic training in EMDR through Personal Transformation Institute, where somatic therapies, attachment-based therapies, and EMDR therapy are all integrated to form one model. Alice has recently wrote two chapters for a book titled EMDR with Children in the Play Therapy Room, an Integrated Approach, which is to be released this summer. Alice continues to instruct and teach on EMDR therapy throughout all of Middle Tennessee. When she is not working with clients, supervising clinicians, or leading trainings, she is mom to three beautiful kids, nine, six, and four, and wife to her wonderful husband. Before we get started and, and let you listen in on this conversation, I uh, do have a couple of things that we wanted to note to tell you guys, and um, hopefully some things that you guys uh, will be understanding. And uh, we are going to do this as a two-part series. There's so much just great information um, in this conversation that we had. I thought the best thing for us to do would be to try to divide it down into two separate chunks. And so today you'll be getting that first portion. Um, and then the second part was going to be following very, very, very soon. We recorded this conversation over Zoom. Alice lives in Lebanon, Tennessee. I'm here in Rossville, Georgia. And so um, because of that and because there was a storm that came through as we were recording, uh, there's going to be points where the internet connection kind of slowed down just a little bit and Alice will sound a little pixelated. Uh, once again, we just ask for your understanding um, when it comes to those things and, and please don't allow that to be something that affects what you ultimately receive from this conversation that we had. And then you may hear some rattles. I'm recording in our church building and the thunder was shaking the whole church. And, and so if you hear some rattles, if there is some a little bit of pixelation, we just, we just ask for your understanding in those things. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I have enjoyed this conversation. And um, without further ado, here is our conversation with Alice. Where do you feel like with this conversation, where, where is the best starting point for us to try to figure out moving forward, um, definitely with this isolation and, and the causes of it, where is the best place for us to start? Yeah, so first I think it's important to just um, think about like the way that God created us. And God created us actually as survivors. Like he created us to, um, to want life. He created us to be communal beings, to be able to offer 
help and service to each other and to be in relationship with each other. And it's actually pretty remarkable the way that the brain is made because um, for both of those reasons. So I'll talk relationally first. So we actually have these things that are called mirror neurons that um, like that are in our brains that when we see someone else suffering, that we feel the suffering. And that when we see someone else happy, like we feel happiness and joy with them. I think that is so remarkable that that's like part of the way that God's created us to be in relationship with each other is that we can actually experience and be with them in this, the same experiences that they're having. So that's one way that I think is really cool to think about how God created our, created our brain to be in relationship. Um, and that we all have very similar experiences. We all have the same emotions in our brain. We all have the same response to trauma and fear, like really scary circumstances. Um, so I'd like to talk about those for a second. So like when we feel like we're in danger, like our life's in danger, we all have the same exact responses. And um, there's a lot of research out there on this and I could name drop a bunch of researchers and if you wanna learn more about it, if you wanna look up like Steve Forges who talks about um, the polyvagal theory. And then if you wanna look up um, Bessel van der Kolk and he talks about how trauma gets stored in our body and how our brain responds. Um, if you wanna look up Peter Levine, like these are all really great resources for what I'm about to talk about. But um, so our brains are really quite remarkable in our survival as well. So they help us be in relationship, but then they also help us survive. Like when we feel like we're in danger or a life-threatening situation, our brain literally, like part of our brain that isn't, that's really in charge of our thinking or logic or even forming words really isn't necessary and kind of starts shutting down. And our primal part of our brain that keeps us alive kicks into high gear. And we physically feel this response in our body of this rush of energy. Um, our heart starts beating faster. We like almost feel like you can feel like you almost have this tunnel vision and your body is physically preparing for you to be either to fight, to run, um, or to like freeze and like and pretend that you're not even there, right? Like try to almost hide. Um, and then if all that doesn't work, your body and brain actually will go into what's called collapse and submit, which is kind of like playing possum or like fainting goat. All of that is absolutely phenomenal because what happens in that last response is everything that's charged up falls away and all of the oxygen and blood rushes to your organs to keep you alive. And then you don't even have to feel or remember what's happening around you. It's pretty remarkable. So all those responses, both to help us be in communi community and relationship with others, as well as self-preservation or survival are just the way that we're built. Pretty cool. It's so great to talk about the reality of creation that, hey, this God knew what he was doing uh, when he built us and he, he created us and, and he kind of created us with a lot of these things. Uh, and so that, that goes, leads to the question of, um, so what happens um, when the way that God creates us essentially gets interrupted when there's things that happen, um, you know, what, what happens in those situations, in those scenarios in people's lives? 
Yeah, so that's such a great question. So there's a lot of other research that showed it, shows us that our brains are actually designed to really process hard situations, like to help us move through it and survive it. And um, sometimes even that processing gets interrupted though. And so what can happen is people can start having certain symptoms that just let us know that maybe your brain and your body hasn't fully processed a really scary situation or a really hard, like high, really dark emotional kind of situation. And so what are some of those symptoms that we can look for that let us know that that process has been interrupted, that natural process in our brain and body's been interrupted is that um, we find ourselves either overthinking about it. So in our world, in my world, it's called ruminating. It's like we just keep thinking about it over and over and over and you just can't get it out of your mind. Another way that it um, shows up is um, some, for some people is that it'll like pop up out of nowhere, like almost like a sneak attack. And, but then you like do everything you can to avoid it. So like you distract yourself with all kinds of different things. Another symptom that kind of lets you know that maybe it's not fully processed yet is nightmares. Like you're waking up with nightmares or, um, or just really like feeling real irritable, um, like out of the norm. <laughs> Some of us can maybe feel irritable just regularly, <laughs> but like just extra irritable and and you don't and it's like it feels like uncontrollable irritability like you know you think about this really nice thing you want to say and then this thing that comes out of your mouth is not that right and um and it just feel and it just feels like it's hard to control that um and another symptom is just really feeling real lethargic like it's hard to just get yourself to get up out of the chair or off the couch or out of the bed to really do anything. And it, and it's like, you're laying there and you're thinking, I need to do these things, but you just can't get yourself up to do it. It's like your body's just kind of collapsing on you, really low energy. So those are some of the symptoms that we can look for that just lets us know, it lets me know personally when I'm still, my brain and body is still processing something that it hasn't fully gotten there yet, or maybe it needs a little help, or it lets me know if I'm working with someone that okay, that maybe their system is still stuck on something here. As we think about these symptoms, you know, for a lot of us, as we are um, journeying in towards this isolation, um, I mean, these essentially could be symptoms of even just because of the coronavirus and because of the isolation that we are being asked to do, um, would these be symptoms that potentially all of us could see as we are journeying into this isolation? Absolutely. Absolutely. These are all really normal symptoms because these are, these are just symptoms that you have when you're feeling lonely and when you're feeling like um, maybe things are out of your control. And so every single person can have these symptoms right now. And some people may experience a higher increase of these symptoms that are a little bit more severe. And we see that particularly for people who number one, maybe has a mental health diagnosis, or if you or someone that you love um, has actually experienced trauma in their past, where they have been very lonely and experienced something really hard and or really horrific, and they were alone or they didn't, it was out of their control, all that can be triggered right now. And then your symptoms may be just bigger than what they 
would be normally, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So thinking about that reality um, and, and just even kind of moving in, in, in the direction of what should be the church's kind of response during this time, um, both for ourselves, because I think we all need to be healthy ourselves, especially during this time as, as there is some separation. And since we were created for this communal, relational type, um, type of living, um, what are some things that we can do for ourselves? I really think that this is biblical because Jesus gives such a great example of this. Actually, if he had he took care of himself so that he could take care of everyone else. Mm. And we see so many examples of that where he would go off by himself and pray. And so what he was doing is he was going off by himself, removing distractions and spending time with God the Father. And, um, and it was just an uninterrupted, undistracted time. And so in, in my world, what we call that is grounding. It's like being able to really connect yourself into somebody, something that's very important to you and spend time with that. That's really in an uninterrupted space. And then, and then we also see examples of Jesus real. I mean, he was eating and drinking with people all the time, but that's a basic need. Like he was taking care of his basic needs. Mm -hmm. And so um, some of his basic needs that he was taking care of are the same things that we need to take care of for ourselves. And so eating healthy, making sure that you're drinking lots of water, because, you know, if you're not doing those things right there and then getting the recommended amount of sleep, you're going to start seeing a, a bigger amount of the symptoms I talked about a few minutes ago. I mean, it's just the way that your body responds to when it's being deprived of something that it needs. And so doing those basic needs is really important. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and, you know, we've really obviously pushed our congregation that if, you know, we obviously can't be face to face, but doing things like this and even yeah. being able to see each other's faces, uh, I, mean, I mean, is that would be obviously a huge recommendation too of just really trying to reach out to each other to get that relationship everywhere that we can because we have some yeah. that live alone. Um, and if they're right. self-isolating during this time, they're not going to be able, um, is there something in our brain that even just having communication, um, you know, does that help? Absolutely. So it goes back to that relational point. So, you know, and it kind of even breaks down to we all have so many different personality types. Like there's some of us that are really like the way that God created us is to actually be more relational. And so that we crave other people and touch and that that feels that's really important to who we are. And then there's other people that God created to actually to crave and feel more like they want to be by themselves. But all people are created to want to be in relationship. And so um, when you were talking, I was thinking about how um, there's so many places where God talks about, you know, uh, providing service to others or looking out for other people. And then even his great commandment of love each other as you have loved as you love yourself. Right. I think it's not like there's different interpretations of that scripture, but I think of it like this, like care for yourself and care for others. Like that's it. Right. And so as you're feeling, um, isolated, so some of those other basic needs that, that I was kind of talking about, if we add to that other basic needs are like exercising and moving your body, 
and then having some communication with other people. That's good. So important. Um, I think on such uh-huh. a deep level and it, it's gotta be something in my mind that we continually push towards. Um, but like I said, it's important for, I think, the church to think through right now is, as, as I said, there's many that they have no, I mean, they're, they're alone at home right now. And if they're in that, you know, range of the harshly affected, uh, they right. may not be getting out. They may not be um, doing those things. They may not be having communication. So, so as a church, as we're trying to minister to people during this time, which our ministry has had to look so different, and it's so hard because so many people right now, I think, are just looking for people to give them the answers of, all right, ministry, it looks like this. You've got to do this. You've got to right. do this. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. And the reality is, is really none of us know because a lot of us have never been through anything like this before. And right. a lot of us pastors, we, we joke and say, I've not many pastors who've pastored through a pandemic that are still alive and um or at least a worldwide pandemic that's still alive and and so i know it's so hard just to give those and i'm not asking necessarily for those things but as we're trying to minister to people as we are trying to love as we have been loved as we're trying to be the hands and feet of jesus what what should we be doing when it comes to other people especially people that we might know have some kind of struggle with with deeper mental i love how we were talking earlier and you said reality is is all of us struggle with mental health (laughs) and um and that's and that's beautiful that really is beautiful um, because i think we oftentimes um we struggle with what we don't understand and sometimes the church has marginalized those people who have mental health um god forgive us uh, on a deep level Um, but as we're trying to minister to people what are what should we, what should be our mind frame? What, what should we be doing? Especially if we know there are people that have mental health issues around us. Yeah. So thank you for saying that because yes, I, I say this all the time is actually every single person has mental health issues and those that actually get a diagnosis are just people that have it in the extreme areas. And so if you think about, so maybe you don't say for yourself that I, you know, maybe you've never really thought about, I have mental health issues, but if just think about on your worst day, and if you take a moment and just think about on your worst day, and maybe like your worst day looks like you have these really, um, these big worries that are irrational. And in the moment, they don't feel irrational. But as you kind of come out of your worst day and you reflect back on it, you think, what was I thinking? Why was that? Why did that bother me so bad? I wonder why um, I was so scared about that. Um, And then you kind of feel ashamed about that. Or maybe even you reflect on some ways that you spoke to people that you loved or you cared about. Um, And then, um, and then you feel guilty about that. So I just want to encourage us all to think about our worst day and then magnify that times 10 or even times a hundred. And when someone has a real severe mental health issue, that's where they are. It feels uncontrollable. It feels really lonely. And really um, in those moments, it's terrifying. And so, because if you can almost think about it like this, their brain has hijacked them and trick them into thinking things that aren't true. And that happens to all of us on a little bit of a, you know, regular basis, but magnify that to where like you have no idea of what reality is and how scary and lonely that feels. 
So when I go back to your question of what can we do as the church, the first thing that we can do is take a moment to get in a really compassionate place of how terrifying that would feel if you were completely alone in those thoughts and felt um, and felt like there was something wrong with you because of that, right? And then think about what do you feel like, what would you wish? What do you wish that someone would offer you in that place? And then start from there. And so maybe what you wished someone would offer you is just to say, I can see that you are really struggling and that you are having such a hard time right now. And I don't know the answer to tell you right now. I'm, I'm not, I can't talk you out of this, but I'm willing to just be here for a moment. I'm willing to just let you know that I care deeply for you because you're a human being and that you're a creation of God. And because I care so deeply for you, I just want you to know that I believe that you're going to come out of this and start there. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of that conversation. So much information in there for all of us to learn from. And uh, my hope and prayer is you'll be excited about the next part that's going to be coming out really, really soon and that you tune in and listen to the rest of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening to Studying, Living, Expanding Kingdom, a podcast by Fairview Church of the Nazarene. This is Pastor Seth Thompson. We will see you next time. Grace and peace. God bless. Bye-bye.